Since 2020, the whole world has lived under a cloud. We lived under the cloud of, of COVID, and some of you lived under that cloud more than the rest of us. Uh, it really affected a lot of people's lives. We were told that when it all started that more people might die of COVID than died in World War II. I sort of scoffed at that at the beginning. Maybe some of you did too. But now we're told that 962,000 people died somehow related to COVID. Maybe they didn't all die of that. We don't know. It didn't really matter. But the point is, they all died. And now, instead of living under the cloud of COVID, our whole world lives under the cloud of war. The threat of that, the, the, the danger of that, it's a different kind of cloud. Why should that matter? How should the present state of our world change our passions and priorities? Well, to answer those questions, I invite your, you to open your Bible to 2 Kings. We're going to look at chapter 20. We're going to look at the story out of the life of Hezekiah. In chapter 3 of, 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 of 20, or chap, verse 1 of chapter 20, the word of the Lord came to Hezekiah through Isaiah the prophet. The Bible says, In those days Hezekiah became mortally ill, and Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. And for Hezekiah, that was the moment that changed everything. The shocking news, the cloud of despair, the helplessness and the hopelessness that it invaded his life. What you don't know is that Hezekiah and his kingdom had just escaped one cloud, sort of like us. They were out from under one cloud, and now suddenly he was under another. They had just escaped the cloud of war. They, they had been miraculously delivered from the hands of Sennacherib, the, the king of Assyria. The, the, the hand of the Lord struck down the enemy army that amassed outside the gates of Jerusalem. Some assumed that he did it through some kind of disease or plague. And though this miracle wiped out the enemy army, now it seemed if Hezekiah had been stricken by the same malady, and the Bible says it came to him suddenly. As we read the story, we see that this illness was related to a boil that broke out on Hezekiah. Maybe along with it came some fever or some, some sense of illness that he had. Maybe it appeared suddenly on his arm. One morning it wasn't there, the next morning it was. Maybe it was on his leg, maybe on his back or on his face. We don't really know, but there it was. Hezekiah, uh, some suppose, had the plague. They supposed that's what killed the enemy army of Sennacherib, that God had struck them with the plague. In fact, in the 14th century, the plague killed one-fourth of the population of Europe. The Great Plague of London in 1664 to 1665 resulted in 70,000 deaths in the city of London alone. An outbreak in Hong Kong in 1894 left 100,000 people dead. And now we've had COVID here in our country. 962,000 people have died. That to me is a plague of biblical proportions. It's likely that Hezekiah already knew what he faced, had some sense of it, something's wrong, he didn't know what was wrong. We don't know if he sent for Isaiah or Isaiah came to him uh, at the behest of the Lord, but Isaiah came and gave him this message, this word from the Lord, you will die and not live. And if Hezekiah had the plague, if that is indeed 
what he had, if that's what this boil was all about that we haven't read about yet that was on his skin, the plague could take your life in as little as 16 hours. And so Hezekiah's life was within hours of ending, or days at least, and so God came to him with this message that he would die and not live. But the point I want to make this morning and the reason we ought to have a sense of urgency about this today is this is not only God's message to Hezekiah, it is God's message to you. And it always has been. That is the message of the Bible that you will die and not live. If you open your Bible to the book of Genesis, you find the book of Genesis to be supremely a book of funerals. The Bible tells us that Adam, God created Adam and Adam sinned, and after Adam sinned, death came into the world, but Adam lived 930 years, and then he died. And his son after him, Seth, lived 912 years, and he died. And his son after him, Enosh, lived 905 years, and he died. And then there was old Methuselah, who lived 969 years, but he died, as did Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Moses and Peter and Paul and everyone since. And on some tombstone one day, some tombstone somewhere will read, Eddie Davidson was born in 1956 and he died. That's going to happen to me. It's going to happen to you. It might happen suddenly through some accident. It might happen through an illness or some long extended period of suffering. But it comes to us all. And so that's the message. God's message to us is that life is short and there's an urgent need for us to understand that we're going to die and not live, and we need to set our house in order. We need to prepare for a meeting with God. Jesus said in Luke 12, verses 35 and 36, he said, Be dressed in readiness and keep your lamps alight and be like men who are waiting for their master. So the news that the Holy Spirit must break to every person's heart is that you will die and not live. And that's true whether you're 70 or 17, whether you're young or old, sick or well. This is the message that God intends to send to your heart. And he does so for a reason, because there's a response that you need to make to God. How did Hezekiah respond to God? How would you respond if that was the doctor's diagnosis? If the doctor came to you and said, your days are short, your days are numbered, how would you respond well, you would respond one way if you knew, but if you didn't know, what if you didn't know? And what if God knows something? This is the whole point of this. What if God knows something that you don't know? What if God knows something that we don't know? What if God knows something that our world doesn't know? And what if God is trying to get your attention today and my attention? Look at verses 2 and 3. Then he turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord, saying, Remember now, O Lord, I beseech you, how I have walked before you in truth with a whole, and with a whole heart and have done what is good in your sight. And the Bible says that Hezekiah wept bitterly. He was overcome with emotion, but he took that emotion to the Lord. He turned his face to the wall. He turned his back on the world and made his priority the, that of getting his heart right with God. So what should you do? How should you respond to this message from God? In, our, in a former church where I was pastor, I had a state representative who was a member of our church. One uh, weekend, uh, they went out to the lake to be together as a family. Uh, the 19-year-old daughter and some of her friends came out there to meet 
and meet the family, and they visited together. And then she stayed a while, and she left. She, the last thing she did, she sat in her daddy's lap and told her daddy she loved him and, and drove off to go be with her friends. Nineteen years old, ten minutes away from that spot, her car ran into the base of a tree, and she died. I wish I could tell you that that family had been living with a sense of urgency, or that she had been living with a sense of urgency, but they weren't. But God knew something that they didn't know. Could God know something that you don't know? Could God see around the corner of your life in a way that you can't see, or around the corner of my life in a way that I can't see? Or could God know something is coming on our world that we don't know anything about or that we can't see at this moment? And God is saying to us that it's urgent that we prepare to meet God, that we set our house in order. God's message to Hezekiah was, set your house in order for you will die and not live. And so in those days, Hezekiah became mortally ill. Whether you're 19 or 90, you need to know that life is terminal. Your days are numbered, and the clock is ticking. And so the Bible says that Hezekiah turned his face to the wall, and he did business with God, realizing the most urgent need in his life was to set his mind on God. Are you ready to meet God? Are your children ready to meet God? Are your grandchildren ready to meet the Lord? I have a sense of urgency. I don't know if you remember a couple of weeks ago when we looked at a passage of Scripture in the Bible. And uh, you look at the situation in our world today, and in that passage of Scripture we looked at in Second Chronicles, it said uh, a nation was rising against nation and city against city uh, because God was troubling them with every kind of distress. God was troubling the world at that particular point in time. And there was an urgency in the lives of men for them to seek the Lord, and they did seek the Lord. God said, if you seek me, I will be found by you, but if you forsake me, I will forsake you. There's an urgency in our world today because God knows something that we don't know. Did you know that in 1857 and 1858, a great revival swept this country? It was needed because at that particular point in time, almost every denomination in this country was losing members. The church was in a state of decline. There was a helplessness and hopelessness that pervaded the church, but there was no sense of urgency. There was no sense of need. And when there was no sense of urgency and no sense of need in the church, there was a sense of urgency and a sense of need in the heart of God. And God began to work. He knew something that people in this country didn't know. In 1857 and 1858, there was a revival in this country that swept one million people into the life of the church in those two years. That is a historical fact. One million people swept into the church in a great revival just four years before three-quarters of a million people would die in the Civil War. God knew something that people didn't know. God knew that many of those people would not have an opportunity to go to heaven or to be with Him if something didn't happen in their life. Could God know something that we don't know? In our, should there be a sense of urgency in our hearts about what is happening in our world? Should there be a sense of urgency in your heart about the people who live in your community about your children and your grandchildren and your family members. 
Is it an accident that this great movement of God came just a few years before that war? No. God knew what was going to happen. God knew what was going to happen to Hezekiah. He knows something you don't know, and he knows something I don't know, so there ought to be a sense of urgency in every heart and in every home. It's, it's time to turn our back toward other passions and our priorities and our face toward God. To turn your face toward God, by the way, Hezekiah turned his back on the world. In other words, you need to turn your face toward God. You need to close Facebook and you need to open God's book. You need to stop listening to the news long enough to listen to God. Hezekiah did not forsake the world that he lived in, but he did turn his back on the world long enough to set his heart and mind on God. Across the years, I've talked to a lot of people who told me when I've talked to them, said, well, you know, I know that I need to get back in church. I know that I need to get my heart right with God. And I honestly intend to do it one day. I remember when I was pastor at Agricola long years ago, every time I go down one particular road, I see that one house, and I remember what that man told me. I could tell you his name to this day. He told me over and over. He used to be faithful in church. He didn't come to church anymore. I honestly intend to come to church one day. I'm coming back to church one day. He never made it back to church. God knew something that he didn't know. There needed to have been an urgency in his heart about getting his heart right with God, but that sense of urgency was not on his heart. But I bet that sense of urgency rested on the heart of God for him. And there's a sense of urgency on God's heart for you and on, our, on God's heart for our world because God knows something that we don't know. Number three, a spiritual brokenness came over Hezekiah that caused him to reflect on his life and repent of his sin. You'll notice as the shadows of the day began to lengthen, uh, Hezekiah said in verse 3, Remember now, O Lord, I beseech you, how I have walked before you in truth and with a whole heart and have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Hezekiah wept bitterly, but he could say, God, you, as his life flashed before his eyes, he could say, God, you know I've been a good man. God, you know I've done the best I could. God, you know I've tried to be the man that you wanted me to be. Hezekiah could have a conversation like that with God. What kind of conversation would you be having with God right at this moment if God says to you, set your house in order because you will die and not live? What would you remember about the man you've been or the woman you've been? What would you remember about the priorities in your life or the priorities that should have been in your life? Hezekiah wept bitterly even though he'd been a good and godly man and his ambition, the passion of his heart in that moment was to set his house in order with God. The clock was ticking on Hezekiah's life and the clock is ticking on our world. Some tragedy hangs over our life or our world that we know nothing about. The Bible says in Acts chapter 17 verse 30, God is now declaring that all people everywhere should repent. I suppose that's old news. That was way back in the book of Acts. God is now declaring that all people everywhere should repent. Why was God declaring that? Why was God announcing that? Why was God sending the apostles from city to city and place to place preaching the gospel? Why? Why? It says here, because he has fixed a day 
in which he will judge the world in righteousness through a man he has appointed, having furnished proof to all men by raising him from the dead. Repentance is not an option for a person to get right with God. It is an absolute necessity. It is a necessity. And for Hezekiah, it was now or never. Maybe for you, it's now or never because God has said, set your house in order for you will die and not live. Verse 4, before Isaiah had left the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him. You'll notice God, God uh, can change things really quick. He can transform bad situation into a good situation. God is the one who works miracles. You know that. We've already heard that this morning. And so here, before Isaiah had left the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him and said, Go back and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people, This is what the Lord, the God of your father, says. I have heard your prayer, and I have seen your tears. Has he heard yours? Has he seen yours? Will he? The Lord said, I will heal you. On the third day from now, you will go up to the temple of the Lord. I will add 15 years to your life, and I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. I will defend this city for my sake and for the sake of my servant. Then Isaiah said, Take a cake of figs, and they took it and laid it on the boil, and he recovered. Now, what must you do to respond to the message that God might be sending you. This is not about Hezekiah anymore. We're not talking about what Hezekiah did or didn't do. It's you. It's about you and what God wants you to do. It's about you and how God would have you to respond. What do you need to do? You must do exactly what Hezekiah did. You must apply God's remedy. There was a remedy that Hezekiah was to follow. There was a step of obedience that he was to take. There are steps of obedience that you're to take in keeping with God's remedy for you. Now, I don't know how, what good a poultice of figs is. I personally am not a fan of figs unless they're strawberry. Otherwise, I don't like figs. I don't want any figs. But figs may have some medicinal value. I don't know. I don't know if they had any medicinal value in this case or if it was just the fact that it was just obedience to God. Be obedient to God, radically obedient to God, and watch him do the rest. They put the poultice of figs on the boil. That's what they were told to do. And Hezekiah did that, and he recovered in keeping with what God told him to do. What is your remedy? Well, you repent of your sins. You turn your back to the wall. And you do business with God, but God's remedy, God's remedy for you, for me, is the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ died on the cross so that we could be forgiven of our sins. Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for our sins. Jesus Christ died on the cross, his arms stretched out on the cross, calling me, calling you to come to him. Jesus Christ died on the cross saying to you and to me, set your house in order, for you will die and not live. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. There ought to be a sense of urgency that hangs over our world. You just watch the news. We've been through the cloud of COVID. How bad was that? 
how bad could it get? It could get a lot worse, and we don't know. I'm just suggesting to you that God always knows something that you don't know. God knows something that I don't know. God knows something that our world doesn't know. And there is an urgency, not a new urgency, an urgency that has always existed on the heart of God for the lives of men and women, boys and girls, so that we can say still today in the words of Acts chapter 17, God is now commanding that all people everywhere repent because he has fixed a day by which he will judge the world through a man whom he has appointed, having furnished proof to all men by raising him from the dead. God miraculously heals people. We see that as evidence in our church today. We see it evidenced in the scripture, but God also miraculously saves people. Are you one of those people today that God is speaking to you, that God is knocking on the door of your heart saying to you, set your house in order for you will die and not live. Let's pray.